Welcome to the Servants of Grace podcast hosted by Dave Jenkins. Our podcast exists to provide trustworthy expository messages through the Bible and faithful answers to your theology questions. Now for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. Well, welcome back to the Servants of Grace theology segment. My name is Dave and I'm the host for this show. And on today's episode, one of our listeners writes in and they have a great question. And the question is, why should Christians reject syncretism? Well, syncretism comes from the Greek word syn, which means with. And when we talk about syncropation or synchronization, we're talking about getting things together with something else. And so what syncretism is in religion is where you have a situation in a culture where there are two coexisting religions. And when you have two religions that are disparate, say, for example, the Canaanite religion and the Jewish religion, totally different religions, you're going to have what? You're going to have conflict between them. You're going to have debate and arguments about religion until somebody comes along and says, well, one thing I never argue about is religion. And some people want to bring about peace between these two disparate views of religion. And why does religion cause so much controversy in history, even wars at times? Because it represents a conflict of what you believe to be ultimately true and of ultimate significance, of ultimate value, and of ultimate duty. And now, if two people have a completely different understanding as to what ultimate truth is, uh, there's going to be a struggle. There's going to be conflict. And every attempt to pass over that in history has failed, and it's going to continue to fail. And when people say, look, obviously Christians are not called to be involved in, in violent conflict. We're called to be at peace with people. We're called to be charitable. We're called to be long-suffering. We're called to be kind and all of that. And yet at the same time, there is a sense in which the Christian cannot compromise his or her faith without betraying the Lord as revealed in his word. And that's why the Christian church was built with the blood of the martyrs that were soaking the sands of the Circus Maximus and of the Colosseum because they said we cannot betray Christ. But when different religions come together, inevitably somebody will say, well, look, let's stop this conflict uh, by, well, we'll just find the best of this religion and the best of this religion and the best of this religion. And we'll just, you know, be all about this uh, economical unity. Well, we'll put them together into one big happy bowl and one happy family. And that's fine as long as you ignore the ultimate points of conflict and negotiate them, which no faithful Christian can do and no Jew is allowed to do either. The Christian would obstinately refuse to bow the knee to a religion of emperor worship in their day. And they were considered by their neighbors troublemakers. Uh, They were considered by their neighbors to be narrow-minded, rigid, brittle, and contentious, and all of the rest. I mean, nobody in the history of mankind has stirred up more controversy, caused more trouble on our planet than Jesus of Nazareth, the Prince of Peace. In fact, let's talk about this. It is the Prince of Peace who divides men. Matthew 10, 34-35, I came not to bring peace, but a sword set mother against father and sister against brother. Not because he enjoyed conflict, but because truth and godliness were at stake. And now a contentious person, a quarrelsome person, a divisive person, the Bible criticizes because those are the people who will contend and quarrel and fight over the drop of a hat. 
And Christians are, again, it's the biblical motif to live as much as possible with peace with all men as we see in Romans 12, 18. But when the real controversy comes, you don't negotiate. You don't negotiate your loyalty to Christ. Instead, you count the cost, as Jesus said in Luke 9, 23 through 27, and follow him in all of life. Now, we're talking about syncretism. Syncretism is when you attempt to combine different forms of belief or practices. It can also mean the blending of two different ideas or concepts into one new, unique idea. While this can be seen quite often in the blending of cultural ideas, especially food, for example, does this work when it comes to your faith as a Christian? Does the Bible mix well with other beliefs, and more importantly, should it? While we're seeing this conversation, this question, out in the culture today, even in the church today, with the rise of the Enneagram and with New Age. And so when you consider syncretism from a biblical and a, and a Christian worldview— it is when you inappropriately mix or blend non-Christian religious ideas or practices with the Christian faith. One example of this is what is known as Chrislam. The concept was of Chrislam was based on the idea of trying to syncretize Christianity with Islam. And the thinking behind Chrislam is that since there are some compatibilities between Christianity and Islam, that it is possible to be a Christian and a Muslim at the same time. In essence, overlooking the clear distinctions between Christianity and Islam. Uh, Hopefully, right off the bat, you can see the problem with this. Just the belief of who Jesus is in Christianity and who Jesus is in Islam make this blurring of syncretism impossible. They may both mention the name and the person of Jesus, but a Muslim does not recognize the deity of Jesus. This one fact alone cannot be reconciled, thereby removing the possibility of truly blending this into one belief system. And so the problem when you mix the gospel with anything else is that it becomes another gospel. And that's what's so dangerous about syncretism in the Bible, is when you attempt to combine the truths of Scripture with the message of any other idea or any other practice, it dilutes and even distorts the truth of Scripture. In fact, we can say that those who engage in this practice end up creating a gospel message that is far more confusing to the person who is trying to decipher it. Decipher it. You know, we, we've seen many celebrities uh, post a video about their faith, and even in one recent video, this celebrity mixed his supposedly Christian views with views of other religions. In his video, he stated that there had to be more than one way to get to heaven. We've seen this on the news. The examples are many. And, and though this person, this celebrity, previously identified himself as a Christian, in this video, he referred to himself as a man of faith. The overarching point of the video was the idea of religious tolerance, which leads us to talk about that idea. Let me just say that on religious tolerance, we as Christians should fully expect everyone's right to choose to believe. God has given us this right to choose, and we should respect this right in other people. The exception to this is if the practice of a person's religion causes harm or danger to another person or to a group of people, then that in no way should be tolerated. While religious tolerance impacts the rights of other people to practice their religion, syncretism blends them all together. And when this happens then, the foundations that make Christianity what it is gets lost up in the shuffle. When you combine the truth of Scripture with anything else, it becomes another gospel or another form that is the opposite from the truth. 
The danger in that is that, that it may look true and almost sound true, but there really is no truth in it. Here's an example of this from the very beginning. In Genesis 3, 4 through 5, uh, you, it says, You will not certainly die, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. You see, Satan took the truth of what God said and mixed it with another di- idea, in this case, a lie that you will be like God. Satan created another truth, or to say it correctly, an untruth, or simply a lie. This is what happens in our culture today, as the blending of Scripture with other ideas is creating many different types of untruths. In fact, there's one big untruth that exists in our society. It's the fact that there is more than one way to get to heaven. In fact, some are even going to argue that it doesn't matter which path you take, they're going to all lead you to heaven. And yet we need to understand what scripture says here. Uh, John 14, 6, Jesus answered, I'm the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Acts four twelve. salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. The Bible is clear that there's only one way to salvation and one way to heaven. There's no way possible that to merge this basic truth of Scripture with anything else and come to the same conclusion. In fact, this truth does not blend with any other thought or any other idea. If you base your understanding of truth and salvation on the Word of God, then Jesus Christ is the only way, and there's no other way. In fact, I'd like to make a basic philosophical argument here as well. It is not sensible to say that all roads lead to the same place. If someone came and asked me for directions on how to get from New York City to Washington, D.C., I could not say to them, it doesn't matter which way you go, just take any road you want. No matter which direction you go, you're going to get to your destination because every road leads to the same place. This doesn't make sense geographically, and it doesn't make sense spiritually. What is so dangerous about syncretism in the Bible is that when you attempt to blend truth with anything else, you end up with no truth. Now, we must be careful that we don't allow the idea of syncretism to creep into the church as it already is today. And how does this happen? This happens not just when we mix the gospel with other religions. It comes when we mix the gospel with the culture. And we have to guard against trying to be so culturally relevant in our preaching and our teaching of the gospel and the Bible that we strip it of its power. One thing that is true about the gospel message, as beautiful as it is, the the message of the gospel will be offensive to people. And if you think about it, the first thing you must do to come to Christ is admit you're sinful. You're a sinner. This one idea alone can be offensive to people, especially when there's pressure for everyone to just get along. I want to be clear. I'm not saying we should go around purposely trying to offend people because that's not right either. But in sharing the truth of Scripture, some people will be offended. And this does not mean that, that we shouldn't preach it or teach it. It means that we should. But we must also recognize what I'm saying, what could happen as a result. Now, in Paul's letter to Timothy, he warned of this happening in the church in 2 Timothy 4, 3-4. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine, and said to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. 
We're living in a, in a day and a time where people are no longer putting up with the sound doctrine and the truth of Scripture. Many are trying to blend the Word of God into something that fits their thinking. And it's vital that we hold firm to the truth of the Word of God alone. And so let's be careful, dear friends, that we're not taking a, a synchristic approach to the preaching and teaching of the gospel. If we do, then we will end up giving uh, people a gospel that is devoid of its power. That's why we must must continue to talk about these things. This is why we must uh, stand on the Word of God, because the Word of God clearly tells us who God is and what He's like, and it tells us about the person and work of the Lord Jesus. Well, I want to thank you for listening or watching to today's episode of the Servants of Grace Theology segment. Until next week, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening to the Servants of Grace podcast today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, leave a rating on the app, and share our episode with your friends and family. If you'd like to, you can follow us on Instagram at Servants of Grace, on Twitter at Servants of Grace, or by searching Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this podcast on the front page of our website at servantsofgrace.org.